Ca. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by G3. You've got grain to sell? We're buying. G3 Grain Elevators in Saskatchewan are open for business and want to buy your grain. Find a G3 Grain Elevator near you today at g3smarter.ca. And brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 individual row metering system. Today we discuss wood ticks and Lyme disease. I traveled to the southeast on Canada Day for a short trip and found two ticks when I came back to Regina. We have an in-depth interview with the crop specialist in Weyburn, Sherry Roberts, who has contracted the tick-borne Lyme disease. It's her third battle with the disease. We also talk about crops in the southeast with Sherry. The provincial crops extension specialist, Sarah Tetland, also gives us a look at severe weekend rain and hail, which are crops mainly in the southwest near Assiniboia. And the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Um. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424-2967. And Canadian Hail Agencies, providing you hail insurance for 25 years. Contact your broker today to see why Canadian hail adjusters are voted the best in the industry. Wood ticks are a problem in parts of southern Saskatchewan. I went for a short drive to Corning and Winthorst in the southeast with the family on Canada Day and found a tick in my hair on return to Regina, and a family member also had a tick. Neither had embedded yet, so there's no big concern about the serious disease carried by more and more ticks, Lyme disease. The crop extension specialist in Weyburn, Sherry Roberts, lives in Glenavon near my hometown. Originally from Minnesota, she's already fought Lyme disease from ticks twice before. This spring, she found she was fighting another case of tick-borne Lyme disease. So far, Roberts believes it's under control. I'm not exactly sure if I got the tick in the Glenavon area, Jim, or not. I've I've had Lyme disease two other times before in my life when I previously lived in, in the state of Minnesota, which is an endemic area for Lyme. I, I knew that I had picked it up a third time just because the symptomology is so distinct. Once you've had it, you know what you're dealing with. The, the tick I took off, I did not have uh, absolutely uh, identified by an entomologist, so I can't swear that it was a wood tick, but to me it looked like the standard wood tick that you would find. Now, normally they do not or are not known to carry Lyme disease. However, there is a slight number of them that can, and I believe because of the fact that the, the numbers of contaminated ticks in the United States are growing every year, and as those birds migrate up here into Canada, uh, our numbers of infected ticks are, are growing, and it's just a concern that people really need to be identifying because this year is truly, it seems to be down here in the southeast, a real year for ticks. I don't know about you, but I've been picking them off my dogs like crazy, and, and I've got them under treatments now with veterinary uh, care products that, that really do kill off the ticks. But for your own safety and well-being, you really need to be still taking tick tick precautions because up through the month of July, you can still find them out there. So what is the symptomology? Your whole body gets this migrating type bone pain and you get this crushing fatigue. I also got what's called floaters. They're they're little things that will float before your eyes. 
headaches. Uh, it, the big thing is is the migrating bone pain. And it, as I'm 60 years old, you sometimes want to write stuff off as, oh, well, I just overdid, I'm tired, whatever. But I've had, like I said, this disease before, and it has a specific sort of a eating-type pain that hits your bones and your joints. Some people, it may only affect one joint. I also had my right knee swell up, and I couldn't put any pressure on that knee at all whatsoever. But as I say, some people will get a rash at the site of, of where the tick bite is, but uh, 60% of people don't get a rash. But if you do, it will be like a target, like a bullseye, where you take the tick off, and it'll grow and expand, and then after a while it just disappears. And some people just think it's a, it's a reaction to the tick. Years ago, they used to call it as, oh, well, it's just a, it, it's just a uh, bacterial-type uh, bite reaction, and, and they never thought thought that it actually was hooked up with a disease and, and Lyme disease is an extremely serious disease and and it is growing here in Saskatchewan another uh, member of, of our of our ministry her her spouse actually was diagnosed with this disease to so it's out there and and producers uh, parents anybody that's out and about or owns pets they really really need to be conscious and they need to take some precautions Sherry Roberts is the crop extension specialist in Weyburn coming up she discusses treating Lyme disease and the symptoms. Um. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This segment is brought to you by the Canadian Canola Growers Association, helping farmers succeed for over 35 years. Visit ccga.ca to learn more. And brought to you by Selford Group. Get the best price on new Selford equipment. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. Wood ticks are a problem in parts of southern Saskatchewan this year. On Canada Day, after a visit to the southeast, I had a tick in my hair, and a family member also had a tick. The regional crop specialist in Weyburn, Sherry Roberts, is battling a serious tick-borne disease, Lyme disease. She was asked about pain symptoms and the length of time they persist. The symptoms will continue until you get treated. I fortunately caught it real early. My third case that I just uh, am getting over with, I caught it really early. I got on the antibiotics with with an extremely good understanding doctor. I was on doxycycline 100 milligrams twice a day for a month and it, and it has seemed to have, have beat this disease because I caught it so early. But if you're unfortunate and you don't understand that you have the disease and you don't get treatment right away, it can last and linger. My second case of Lyme disease that I had, actually, I battled it for 10 years before I was able to conquer it and get through it. So it, everybody's immune system's different, how it responds to treatment. But the big key is don't ignore these types of symptoms as you have them. Get to a doctor. Uh, sometimes the tests will come back positive. Because I've had Lyme in the past, mine, I, I won't show a, a positive test anymore. But it's it's the symptoms you really need to be, be looking at, and it's no disease to monkey with because it you can leave you with a serious chronic symptoms like heart damage, brain damage. I have a certain very selective form of brain damage that I suffered with my second case of Lyme disease, and, and I still deal with it. So it, it's nothing to monkey with. And the, sadly, unfortunately, in the United States every year, 30% of all Lyme disease patients commit suicide because it also can create some real hard depression episodes that you can get with it. So it's a disease you want to deal with and not ignore. So there is a successful treatment? Yes, there is. If you can get on it right away. Oftentimes, my second case of Lyme disease, I was I, I dealt with within a week, but it still took my body 10 years to fight through it because my immune system had been compromised from my first case of Lyme disease. So it's, it's one of these types of diseases. They're still evolving. 
uh, at one time they thought they had a vaccine for it, but it, it didn't work. They do have a vaccine for dogs, and that does work. And, and, and I really encourage people that have dogs and pets to, to get in there and get them vaccinated so that they don't become carriers of, of ticks into your house. And just be diligent because it is here in Saskatchewan. It is a concern that everybody that's outdoors should be thinking about. And for sure, spray up with your with your uh, tick sprays. Tape up the bottom of your pants if you know for sure you're going to go really be going into some long grass. And for all means, every time you come in from the outdoors, shed your clothes and do a tick check for sure. I On Canada Day, I went down for like a two-hour visit down to southeast Saskatchewan near home Corning and Winthorst. And when I came back, I found a tick on myself and my wife had a tick on her as well. So it's something you have to be very conscious of. Absolutely. And the longer the tick is on, the longer and greater your chances are, if it's contaminated with the Lyme disease bacteria, that it can spread it to you. If you can get that tick off in less than 24 hours, chances of, of you getting the disease become a lot less. But that's where the importance of doing tick checks really comes in. And the best way it is just to check for what? what what's the best way to look? Well, strip off all your clothes. And if you have no one to help assist you, stand in front of a mirror and just you know, work your way from head to toe and also work your fingers through your hair. My last tick bite, was, the tick was in my hair and I didn't find it right away because of that. I don't normally work my fingers through my hair at night and I should have. And when I took that tick off, it, it the site got really crusty and, and, and you could tell that an infection had started there. And within a week, like I said, I started to develop symptoms and it, it is something that it doesn't take long to start. If you take a tick bite off and, and you don't get that rash, but you start to feel achy, like you have the flu and are really tired, get to a doctor and explain to them that you took a tick off. Explain to them that this, these are your symptoms. And if it's a good conscientious doctor, they will give you some antibiotics. And if you take the antibiotics, here is the real key. If the first two or three days when you take those antibiotics, you feel so much sicker, then it's a real big key that you've had have the disease because as the bacteria die off from the antibiotic, they put a toxin into your body and you actually feel sicker. And that's the big key that, yes, I, I have got Lyme and I am being properly treated for it. Sherry Roberts is the regional crop specialist in Weyburn. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Here today with a Canola School episode, and I have here with me Scott Mears of Mayland Consulting. We are here to talk about canola and as the canola flowers what are some of the insects you should be looking out for so uh, i i see early flowering as a real good checkpoint for canola crops and i think we should be sweeping canola and early flower throughout the province throughout the prairies because it's to me it's very very instructive what you're looking at everybody's familiar with spraying or uh, sweeping canola and early flower for cabbage seed pod weevil what are the numbers? Are they are they at at the threshold levels? Do you need to do something about them? So we're looking at two and a half roughly per sweep, or 25 and 10 sweeps is is what we're using for a threshold. Um, yeah, and that's that's the action point. But it also gives us a check in on what other insects are doing. 
So what other insects should you be looking out for as well as the cabbage seed pod weevil? Um, one I really like to watch is, is uh, diamondback moth. So based on the early season traps, there was a flight this spring. So what's happening with with that population? Is is it building up? Are you finding lots of diamondback moth at, at flowering? Diamondback moth is often taken out by beneficial insects too, so it can go either way. What are the yeah. beneficials that will actually take out these diamondback moths? So there's there's a whole host of little uh, little wasps that that uh, take them out, uh, and each year it seems to be a different one. So, um, yeah, there's, 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 I think, four or five main ones now that have been identified in, in, in Alberta in, in the prairies. And as you're out sweeping across the prairies and across Alberta, what are you seeing for cabbage seed pod weevil numbers? So um, where I'm working in, in uh, east-central Alberta, Oyen, Acadia Valley, Youngstown area really really low numbers like zeros essentially um, but if you look at the Alberta agriculture live reporting map there are a number of, of high really high 7 to 15 per sweep uh, in in that early flowering canola early flowering canola tends to get the most cabbage seed pod weevil so um, so those numbers are are an absolute must spray situation and what can some of these insects that you're seeing at early flowering, what sort of yield impacts can they have on your final crop? Yeah, so the interesting thing with cabbage seed pod weevil, it's not an everything sort of situation. It's, it's you know, you'll lose 15 to 20 percent yield, which is very, very economic, right? So so that's that's what we're looking at. The, the other one I like to look at at early flower is ligus. Now, ligus is not economic at early flower but if we're seeing more than one or two per sweep uh, at early flower it usually means that we're setting up for problems um, after flower um, depends on weather conditions if we get lots of rain those populations disappear of, uh, with ligus uh, the baby ligus when they hatch really not cannot take a heavy rain but it really is instructive of what the risk is with ligus as well. So those early flower sweeps to me uh, really tell you what's coming at you. And for ligus, what is the life cycle of a ligus bug? So it's um, it, it in southern Alberta, it goes through two generations. One generation before canola comes into flower on roadside weeds and things like that. And then one generation in, in, in the canola itself. The eggs are laid as the ligus come into the crop, usually in, in early flower to mid flower. And, and then they, they start to hatch out as the crop comes out of flower. And then it's a race to the finish between the canola and the ligus. Or the ligus number is going to get up into threshold levels before the canola starts to harden off. So it's a very interesting problem. And often, often we see the ligus numbers really building right, right as the crop starts to dry down. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM.
The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather, mainly sunny with a high of 26 today, the low 12. Tomorrow, mainly sunny, 30% chance of showers late in the afternoon, risk of a thunderstorm. Wind south 20, the high 28. Evening showers tomorrow, the low 16. Wednesday, showers and windy, the high 20, the low 13. Thursday, periods of rain with a high 23, the low 11. Friday, sunny with a high 26, 30% chance of evening showers. Friday, the low 15. Saturday, sunny, the high 27, the low 15. Sunday, sunny, the high 27. Normal high for this date, 25, the normal low is 11. The sun rose at 4.55 this morning. It sets at 9.11 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Maple Creek right now at 25 degrees. The cold spot, south end, up north at 17. Estevan 23, Saskatoon 21, Swift Current 22, Weyburn 23, Yorkton is 24. In Regina, sunny and 24, that's 75 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 18, gusting to 28. Humidity 46%, the barometer dropping 101.7. Sunny and Moose Jaw 25, winds are from the northwest at 11. Once again, Regina, sunny and 24, that's 75 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And Sask Municipal Hail Insurance. Farmers, get your spot loss hail insurance with SMHI online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable. SMHI isn't. Parts of southern Saskatchewan had severe weather over the weekend. There was heavy rain and hail in parts of the grain belt, particularly in the southwest near Assiniboia and Gravelberg. Provincial crop specialist Sarah Tetland says farmers are assessing the damage today. So I don't actually have numbers on the rainfall this past weekend. I know there were quite a few storm systems that came kind of from the southern part of the province. So there's quite a bit of rainfall received in the Assiniboia Gravelberg area and it kind of uh, continued north towards Regina and also to the southwest part of the province. Along with that rainfall there also was a couple other weather things happening so these areas also did receive hail. So the hail damage was kind of widespread. There was some pretty large hail in the Assiniboia area and around towns around that area. So farmers are just starting to assess damage caused by that hail. It was more so on kind of Friday, Saturday night, and it's usually a good idea to wait kind of three to five days after receiving that hail just to see what damage that it actually caused. It takes a few days for the plant to kind of continue growing, and then you can really see if there was Uh, any damage caused by that hail and also just the significance of it. Along with that, there were also some tornadoes in the region. Obviously, this can cause some crop damage, but right now I don't have too much information on what damage that those tornadoes have caused. 
What was, again, the hailstone area, and how big were the hailstones? So some of the hailstones, it was kind of in the, I guess, Gravelberg, Limerick, Assiniboia area, and I think the systems were a little more widespread than that. I don't know the exact area that it all covered, but those were some of the hard-hit areas. Uh, the hail size varied a bit, but some of them were quite big. Like, I've heard of golf ball-sized hail in that area, so some of it was getting pretty large. So it's really wait and see what kind of damage it is. Yeah, so um, just the start of this week, farmers have been going out to their field a little bit more and seeing what damage they got. And along with the damage of the plant, it's also important for farmers to scout for diseases. Uh, because the hail does damage the crop, it will also allow for disease to kind of move into the plant. So you'll want to scout a little bit closer for possible diseases kind of infecting those hail damage spots. What's the best signs of disease and what type of diseases should they look for? So um, it kind of depends on the plant. So the hail can damage the stem as well as the leaves. So it depends on the crop, but any of those foliar diseases can move into the plant caused by these wounds. So kind of foliar and stem diseases are what you want to look for um, in those in those crops. So far, how do the diseases look? Is it uh, worse than normal or better than normal? So right now, I don't really know in this part of the province. I know there was quite a bit more disease in, diseases coming kind of in the west central and southwest part because they did receive more rainfall. So I'm thinking with the recent rain, some regions got around the south, east-southwest area this past week, along with that hail, that there will be more disease developing in the next week or so. Sarah Tetland is the Provincial Crop Specialist at the Agriculture Knowledge Centre in Moose Jaw. Pell. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by YAC Auctions, the first name you should think of in the auction business. Call 782-5999. Crops are developing well with recent rain in many parts of southeast Saskatchewan. The crop extension specialist in Weyburn, Sherry Roberts, is expecting an above-average crop for many farmers in the southeast. It's been really variable. We've had some decent rain here once again at Glenavon, and there was some decent rains at Lampman, but other parts, they haven't had it. It's that same old cycle that we seem to be in here in the southeast. Some get it and some don't. I would say we've buried anywhere from quarter of an inch to three quarters of an inch, depending on where you're at. And how do the crops look from it? Once again, it's that variability. You get it around the Lampman area, everything's looking really beautiful. Of course, they had all that moisture from last year. Uh, here in Glenavon, things look really nice. You get over by uh, your Indian Head and, and some of your Kipling area. It's been dry in there, so they're, they're not quite as nice. But all in all, even here in the southeast, I don't think that we have a whole lot to complain about. We've been fortunate. We didn't get that hail over the weekend that Assiniboy got. So uh, we have a lot to be thankful for here. So would crops be ahead or behind normal development? I'm seeing some... Full-bloom canola crops out there, so I'd say they're ahead. Uh, last Friday, I saw some flax are actually starting to bloom. The uh, corn is a little slow. I would have liked to see knee-high by the 4th of July, is like we always say in the States, but I haven't seen a field of that yet, but it's coming well. Uh, the soybeans are looking pretty good. 
the later seeded, some of the later seeded cereals, of course, were slow to get off to a start, but they're coming. And we've got uh, heads of, we've got fields that are all headed out on their wheat so far. So we have all kinds of variability down here in the southeast. But all in all, I don't think anybody has anything to really uh, complain about too, too badly. That would be winter wheat hitting out? Winter wheat, and actually there's some spring wheat that's starting to head out too in some of the areas down by the Lampman area. I noticed some over the weekend. And there's also some fall rye, of course, that's heading out. But uh, it everything looks really good. And like I said, there's some areas that, that, that miss the rain, and, and some of those producers have some things to, to complain about a little bit. But I think all in all, everybody's been hit some now in the last couple of weeks. So everybody seems to be fairly optimistic in this neck of the woods. Production-wise, what are you expecting? Average, below, or above? <laughs> you ask me that question every year, Jim, and I, if I had a crystal ball, I would always be on track. But I think last year I predicted above average, and most of the area down here in the southeast came in above average, and I'm going to stick with that again this year. Things are looking good at this point, and uh, all we can do is cross our fingers and keep hoping that the rains come timely and that uh, we don't get the hail. And the only people that I think at this point are a little bit on the anxiety level would be some of the guys that want to cut their alfalfa because it's now in full bloom and this rain has come at a time just like last year where they're going to have to really get out there and get the cutting done and get her bailed up quick or it's going to get rained on. Sherry Roberts is the crop extension specialist in Weyburn. Back in a moment. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia, and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were again mixed in early trading. Viterra's prices for canola fell 210 at 43688. Number one red spring wheat fell 29 cents at 219.94. The rest were all unchanged. Durham 266.39. Feed barley 195.70. Flax 515.79. Feed wheat 172.88. Lentils at 612.50. Oats at 261.16. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia 642-4180 or Weyburn 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Now the latest Livestock Quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report. Donnie Peacock reporting from the Swift Grand Yard. 600 cattle on our sale on Tuesday. The cow market very, very active. Uh, we did have some extremely good quality cows weight condition was uh, uh user buyer friendly as well uh the cow market reads a lot higher than the average it averages 86 and change but we did have some exceptional grain fed cows not one or two like 30 or 40 of them bring that 95 98 cents per pound and the odd one breaking over a dollar a pound so 86 average reads quite a bit higher Certainly, all the Packers in, uh, in the big three here in the West were all very, very active, as well as some American activity as well. On the uh, feeder cows, uh, that was very interesting. A lot of breedback activity for the young ones. 
three-year-old uh, cows from 95 to a dollar 20. Uh, the two-year-old feeding heiferettes bring uh, 120 up to 138. And into the bull market, the bulls top at 132.50. They average a dollar 22. And that continues to be a very, very bright spot in the industry. Uh, the Packers now in Canada are pretty much up to a par with the numbers you'd be wanting them to be killing. And uh, hopefully that bodes well for us here down the road. That's the way it is in cattle country. Heartland Swift Current. And the latest Sask pork prices, SIG 4, that's the Brandon plant, 121.94. BP4 TCP4, the Moose Jaw plant, $140. And the Moose Jaw plant has announced there will be no change for July, according to Ham's Marketing. The $140 is a base price floor until the week ending July 25th. Coming up, the Resource Report. Help. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. SAS Power is reporting net income of $205 million, representing an $8 million increase over last year. SAS Power says there were notable accomplishments this past year, including the new 353-megawatt natural gas-fired power station near Swift Current, also, there was completion of the Pasqua to Swift Current Transmission Line, a $185 million project stretching 200 kilometers to play a key role in moving power from the new Swift Current power station while supporting future wind generation development. SAS Power is also in the planning stages for a new 350-megawatt natural gas power station in Moose Jaw and operational by the year 2024. SAS Power also opened up a competitive solicitation for up to 300 megawatts of wind-generated power to be operational by the end of 2023. SAS Power also signed a 25-year power purchase agreement with Meadow Lake Tribal Council for up to 8 megawatts of biomass-generated electricity from a facility near the North Sask Sawmill near Meadow Lake. There's also a 20-megawatt solar opportunity agreement with First Nations Power Authority and 23 new customer projects to bring 34 megawatts of solar and carbon-neutral flare gas projects to the power grid. Canada's main stock index posted a triple-digit advance in late-morning trading, powered by gains in the materials, industrial and financial sectors. The TSX Composite Index was up 141 points at 15,738. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 375 points at 26,202. The Canadian dollar traded at 73.83 cents U.S. compared with 73.72 cents on Friday. The August crude oil contract was up 14 cents at $40.79 a barrel. That's the Resource Report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News Report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News Report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. And You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.